Last week, Pastor Rob read the word to us for the last two weeks. We're talking about Noah. And so we're going to be for some time also in the book of Genesis, and we'll be looking at Abraham. We'll look at that, but the question probably I want us to, us to answer and keep that in mind as we go through these scriptures, because we saw what Pastor Rob brought to us was talking about Noah, the story, not just what we learned in children's church over there or over here, but we were looking into the scripture where it says, below the waterline, all the sin, you know, then above the waterline, the grace of God, justice and grace, and how God brought that together, rescue and restoration. We saw that. So we are grateful for Pastor Ralph for picking that up. In the, we'll be doing all our Old Testament books. But why are we reading the stories? Let's see what the Apostle Paul had to say in the book of Romans. And he had this to say, why we should read the scriptures? And it reads, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So the scriptures give us the hope we should live in life. So that's why we're looking at the stories and these individual. And also Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, he wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, these things happened to them, that is whether it's Noah or Abraham, as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the accumulation of the ages has come. So here we are today, we're talking about all of these stories, and I encourage you, even as we journey through this scripture, you dig deeper what Pastor John and the pastors and all the leaders we talk about. Let's get more into the scriptures. I am going to be reading for Abraham. Uh, I'll use the name, you know, first it was just Abraham, then later on God called him Abraham, and then the, his wife was Sarai, and then he called him Sarah. So we'll be looking at those two names together. So we'll just use one of those. But I want to read in the context of the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. We'll be reading Hebrews 11, where it talks about Abraham, then we we'll jump back to Genesis. Will you please stand with me as we read God's holy word and pray? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3, and then we'll read 8 to 12. By faith... Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to, the, to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, comes descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky 
and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Father, we stand here to receive the promise that you've given in your word. Will you bless now, Lord, the, the learning and the teaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We are looking at Abraham, but we want to be able to get a better understanding of the big picture of where he was. We will not read all of the verses in Genesis, but we're going to take a little tour to see how did God call and Abraham obeyed, and how did that work out. So I'm going to show some maps for us to be able to visually see what was. So Abraham was from the Ur of the Chaldees, right there by by Kuwait and the Persian Gulf. And that was where he was with his dad and his brothers. And then he moved on to Haran. He, mo he went northwest. That must have been over 600 miles. And he traveled there with his parents. It was there in Haran that he really received the call that God had for him. And he was now about 70 years old when he received this call. And then from Haran, and the call was to go to the land, the region of Cana. And so he went down to Shechem, and there he built an altar. We'll talk about that shortly. And from there, he continued to really follow God. He went down to Bethel. And from Bethel, he's in the land where God has called him. And situations change. He traveled south. He kept going south to Egypt. He went down to Egypt. We'll see what happened in Egypt. But God, who had called him, Abraham made his way back to Bethel, and we'll see why he kept going back to Bethel. And then he went over to Hebron, which is another place that was very special to him. And that whole region there is called the Negev, if you see in your scripture. So that was the journey that uh, Abraham was about from his calling and how he traveled. Let's see what that looks like today. And these places we refer to as the Middle East. It's between the, the West and the East, they call it Middle East. And so you'll see today we have Iraq, so he must have traveled through that land, go up to Syria, and then from Syria he came down to the land of Canaan, where it is Israel and Palestine, where God had called him. So that's the picture of the, that's the map of the picture of the story we're going to be looking at to understand how we can live in obedience. So now we can go to the book of Genesis. Now that I've taken you from Hebrews to the back of the Bible and the map. Now in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to be there for a while. Just read the story that we'll, we'll reflect upon. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Cana, and they arrived there. Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel 
and pitched his tent with, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued towards the Negev. So from he thank you, from Hebrews and also we see here in Genesis, this is what I want us to talk about a little bit today. We're going to cover just three reflections and principles that we can apply to our lives. And the first of these is the, 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 the calling and the promise. The calling and the promise. We just read about that. We'll see the verses that relates to that. Obedience and disobedience. And, the, and thirdly, the blessing. Let's start off by talking about the calling. The calling is a word we use in church language. Are you called? Or if you watch our, our video team, they do a great job. If you're at the airport, you hear a call. Go to your gate, board your flight. Calling simply means, how do I know from scripture what God is saying about me? How do I know from the Holy Spirit? I hear God says in scripture and the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's confirmed by other leaders. Sometimes it is confirmed by the way I am wired. That's how God will say, this is your calling. This is what you're going to be doing. So calling is not just related to when we hear that people have gone out to be missionaries, they've gone to the nations, which is part of this promise and fulfillment. But calling is simply, how has God made it clear to me that I will go? We saw last week, last two weeks we saw with um, Noah, that was a calling to build a boat and to preach to people and to bring rescue and restoration. So each one of us can experience our calling in different ways. And that calling can be affirmed. Your calling could be, you know, in the last year, we know people who are called in the medical profession. And we're thankful for our doctors, our nurses, all healthcare workers. That is a calling. That is what we are called to do to serve. But also people can be called in, we talk about, to protect and to serve. People are called in law enforcement. We also, we see people who are called to be lawyers in accounting, in finance, in technical things, and people who, do, who build buildings. That is a gifting and a passion and a skill that God gives. So that's how you will know your call, as God will prepare you for that. So this is Abraham's own calling. Our first calling always is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So there's a calling to trust Jesus and to walk with him in the scriptures it says. So Abraham had a calling and God said in this calling, I am going to give you a promise. Let me just also give a, sh a word here that parenting is a calling. Parenting, grandparenting, or whatever you've called is to raise these boys and girls, your family or extended family, that is a calling. So Abraham followed the promise. Every calling, there is a promise that will reveal the purpose, the reason, the goal that God, the reason that God has put you here on earth. So Abraham will read here, the Lord said, go, leave your country. So he's obeying the, the, his command. And the promise is God is the one who is making a covenant, a solemn, sacred administration and agreement. It is unilateral. It's not a negotiation. It's not a contract. God is the one that is telling Abraham, I am telling you to step out in faith and go. I will bless you as God tells him. Are your nation, that immediate application there was the nation of Israel. And God said, I will do this. But it was not only going to be the nation of Israel, it's 
all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And I think we can see it clearly that this covenant, a bond, a promise that was fulfilled by God in Abraham's life. So Abraham leaves and goes on the promise that God has given to him. I wonder whether we sometimes stop and, and consider where are you now in this time in your life that you can say, this is my calling. It could be in your marriage. It could be in your parenting, grandparenting, the jobs that you have, the relationship, the obligation right before you. Consider that as a place that God has put you for such a time as this to see his calling. So Abraham and God, the, the calling was clear. The promise that he would go, God said he would be with him. He will lead him and he will know that this is where. You know, Pastor John just mentioned, yeah, I've been here at Northland 23 years. But I think all these years, God had prepared me for such a time as this in a calling as we await another person that God will bring that will continue to serve his kingdom as pastors here. So we are praying and trusting God. You'll be praying for that because we're in this together. You pray for what we're doing today. We're not just waiting till somebody comes. We are praying. We have uh, the search, uh, the pastor search committee. We have that team. And they pray, they've been praying since um, May. They meet every Tuesday morning. We pray, you pray, but also praying for that person that he will finish well. He will hear a clear call that this is God who is saying to me, move to Central Florida, move to Longwood, be at Northland Church. God is faithful. When he promised, he will bring it out. Let's look at obedience in the call of, of Abraham. So he had a calling, he had the promise that I will be with you, I will go with you. What is the obedience? We read in verse four of Genesis chapter 12. So Abraham went, he departed, some of your scriptures we read, he departed as the Lord had told him. Immediate obedience. God said, this is what I want you to do. He got up and he went. Sometimes we have delayed obedience. We see that too in scripture. But for Abraham, this was his calling to leave his country and to travel and to go where God has called him to be for his work at that time. He departed. So calling always needs an immediate obedience, but also it means bring others with you. We read there that Abraham went, Lot went with him, and he was 75 years old, when he set out for Haram. So he's bringing others with him. Lot was his nephew. Lot's father had passed away. And so Abraham hearing a call, he didn't even know he was gonna have a son yet, but he said, well, let me bring Lot with me. I wanna give a shout out to those who are, Abraham must have uh, adopted. So I wanna give a shout out to those who are adopted parents or foster parenting, or just bringing other kids into your home. That is a great way to minister because you can never tell the potential, the blessing we're going to see that, that will come into your household. So thank you for those who are involved, but also those who support those families. It's not just the family who had adopted or foster parenting, but those who are part of their team, praying for them, you know, serving them in different ways. So Abraham goes out with Lot and he said he took Sarah. It's interesting, even in the scripture, I'm learning this cross-culturally, they never give the age of a woman. So I'm learning that in this context here. So can I just guess, maybe Sarah was in her 70s, 60s, he was 75. 
But she went with him. So a calling goes with others who take you along. That is obedience. What are you doing today that is God's call upon your life, that it is also others who are joining you in prayer and supporting you to carry out that call? That's the greatest thing of serving in a church like this, that I can count on you to pray for us. We pray for you. So that was a community that he was called. The second obedience we see that Abraham had here, as he went around, verse 6, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. And the Canaanites were in the land. I want you to note that. We'll come back to that. The Lord, verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. We're going to see in several places, Abraham was always building altars. You know, that was a sign of a place of worship, an encounter, an experience, a communion with God. He said the Lord communed with him. So when God calls you, you don't just take that lightly. This calling we all have here for a church calls us to do what we're doing right now. We're in the word, we're in prayer, we're in worship, and all of these we have to stop, to pause, to listen, to take time, to really reflect upon, God, what are you saying? You don't see anyone in the scripture that they just got called and they were just flying all over the place. Building of the altar was a sacred place for Abraham. Because we, our series is against all odds. There's so much against us that when you hear a calling, if you don't take time to stop and, and commune with the Father, you'll be doing it in your own strength, in your own flesh. Because some of us are very good at performing. But Abraham, we see here, he paused. So going with others with him, taking Lot along was a sign of his obedience because God said this covenant for Abraham and this promise and calling was not only for him, but it is for all of us. We can read in Romans that when you believe in Christ, you are part of the, the family of Abraham. There's a, there's, you can read that in Galatians chapters three and four, that Abraham believed it was counted to him as righteousness. So when you and I believe in Jesus, this promise, this calling, to follow Jesus is for us. Well, it didn't go all well with Abraham. He, he went, he had a place to worship. Verse eight, we see he built another altar in Bethel. As we saw, we'll come back to Bethel later. And he went all over the land. He was fulfilling, exciting. But we read in verse 10. Now there was famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. When you are called, don't just think it's just going to be easy, easy, honky-dory, nice things. There are going to be challenges. You're going to be facing a situation, you start to wonder. The God who just told me to get up and go, and for Abraham now is famine, no food. You know, you're in a desert. If you saw on those maps, it's a desert. And so he takes time and go away to Egypt. Now, there was nothing wrong about going to, it was not about Egypt. It was about Abraham himself going down to Egypt. So he went down there, and here are the problems. He ran away from difficult situation. In your calling, don't run away from difficult situation. Be able to endure. God will be with you. Goes to Egypt, and he premeditated to commit sin. Below the waterline, we learned last week, he said to Sarah, just tell them you're my sister. Those Egyptians, if they know you're a pretty woman, at 60, can you just imagine? 
And he said, don't worry, just tell them you're my sister. If not, they'll kill me and they will take you. So that's what he did. He lied. He failed. He faltered. The direction God has given to him, he went south with it. And right there, there was trouble in Egypt, and he left and came back. So we see that even in the calling, when it gets challenging, we got to trust God who called us. And Abraham going down to Egypt was a misstep, was a failure, was a sin on his part, incomplete obedience by lying and trying to, to change the situation. But calling is not always about what I do that I do well or what I don't do well. Every calling is not about me, it's about God. Because my calling is to fulfill what God wants. For Abraham, it was number one, to glorify God. Every calling you are in, whatever business, profession, family, responsibility you have, your first goal in that calling is to glorify God, declare him among the other people, and then we will see his kingdom will come. That is what calling goes about. Let the calling always come back to the presence of God. We can see many folks that God called them. We saw in Isaiah when God called him. He said, who we go for? He said, I will go. It wasn't easy for Isaiah. Esther, who was struggling where she was when God called her, very difficult. They were going to wipe out her, her, her tribe, her people. But she stayed there. In that book of Esther, you read it, you will see that she triumphed even in the calling. Where do you have doubts these days about your calling? Where are you confused? Where is the disobedience very clear that you can see we are not walking as God wants us to walk in obedience with his calling? Then finally, so we've seen that calling goes with the promise. There's always obedience and disobedience in our calling and where we, 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 we misstep, but let it come back to God who is the faithful one and he is the one who set us through when he calls us. I ended up here 23 years ago with my wife and my two daughters. They are now grown and gone, Denver and Nashville. But that was a calling it took me many years to pursue. When I became a believer, when I trusted Jesus back home in Sierra Leone, West Africa, it was discipling me in the word of God. Spending time in prayer, in reading scripture, and we went out on outreach, we did compassion work. It was just all over my, my nation. You know, this missionary who was discipling me because he saw my calling. He was coaching me. He was mentoring me as I followed Jesus. And then I felt a call to leave Sierra Leone and I moved over to Liberia to be there for a total of eight years. To go to a Bible college and from there, my calling was affirmed that I am going to be spending time studying God's word. But that had come out of a retreat with youth ministry. I give a shout out to those who do youth ministry. We had gone to a retreat, and at that retreat, we're supposed to be reading scripture right in our journal. And God's word came clearly to me that, hey, listen, we want you to be able to trust God. Ezra 7.10, that Ezra had purpose in his heart to study God's word and to teach it. So I had that confirmation from scripture. I had it from my leaders. I had people who walked me along for those many years. And so we lived in Liberia. The war came in Liberia. I think we too, like Abraham, we went to Sierra Leone, but the only safe place for me was to come back to America. So I headed back to America in 1990, lived in the land, and it was great. I wanted to stay in the land of milk and honey. And God called us back to Sierra Leone, 
where we had to spend those years doing um, Youth for Christ work and planting churches and discipling and other Christians who continue to walk there. That was a calling, but it was not all smooth along. We had our missteps. And even over the years, we continue to see our challenges. Whether my wife is working with children and I just being a pastor, there are times it has not been. But again, your calling is about the God who calls you. He is faithful. What is the blessing for Abraham we see here? What is the blessing that comes out of this calling? So he had failed, he had faltered, but God is faithful. So God calls him back in chapter 13. He says, so Abraham went to Egypt, uh, went from Egypt back to the Negev and the region. Verse three, he, went, he came back to Bethel, the place where he would commune with God. I hope you stop and take time that in your calling, like, Father Abraham, as the kids will sing, that you are taking time to pause and wait because the promise is still to be fulfilled. So let me mention three areas we can see the blessing that God brings about. Then we're going to spend time in worship like our own Bethel. I hope this will be a Bethel experience for you today when we get into the worship. But for Abraham, we see that he was God's providence for him. God had blessed him not only when he was an idol worshiper in all of the Chaldees, he moved to Haran, he came, but God's providence, everything you are today, it's God who had given that to you to be able to be trusting him. So that was a blessing for Abraham that he was there. But also when you are going through your calling, some of the blessing will come that you will have to trust God to have peace. There's a story I will share quickly, but when I arrive in this country, August 1986, my wife was pregnant with our first daughter. The last weekend, December 1986, I was in Tomwell. She was in more Tomwell than, than, than I was because the baby was supposed to be born that date and she had toxemia and we'd been several days in the hospital. There was a moment, 2.45 in the hospital, I had no peace because the nurse looked at the monitor and he said, there's a crisis here. We don't know if mom and baby are going to make it. December 23, 1986. And the doctor turned up, turned to me, tall guy, put his hand on my shoulder. You call the school and tell them to be praying. We're going to go into surgery right now. In about less than 15 minutes, I had my now 34-year-old daughter in my hand. It was only the peace that comes from trusting God who called. It is only the peace that comes that God who had his providence in my life. And finally, when the blessing comes out of proclamation of the message, declaring every opportunity, I hope you take time this week to read Abraham going in chapter 13. There's confusion, there's family crisis, and then it goes on with Lot who went to live with people who were below the waterline, the sinful people in Sodom and Gomorrah, the Amalekites. But the job that Abraham had was to go in there and rescue and proclaim Christ. In this time, in our homes, in our nation, wherever, if you don't see God's blessing at the proclamation of, the, of his kingdom, you are missing his call. Because God has called us to declare his glory among the nations people from every tribe and tongue. And that's part of the blessing that we have. How many of us we say today that I have known that, I know my call, 
I have gone through my obedience and disobedience, but now I'm seizing the moment in my call to declare Jesus. I am seizing the moments to make a difference in a time of whether it's pandemic or lockdown or whatever we're going through, that his, his name is declared. He is glorified in my calling and his kingdom is come. We're going to take some time to pray before we continue in worship, but we just want this time to be a, a time that you really examine the faithful God who had called you will not leave you. Maybe there's a situation you're going through right now. You don't know if it's a call. Look up to him. He is there. You will hear him. Or maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your savior. Say, I can't put this together. What do I do? You could, you could trust Jesus, that he loves you. He died on the cross. He rose, he's alive. And you can receive him. And he will make your calling clear. Let's pray with, together. Father, now we ask you that you called us to yourself first. We trust you, Lord Jesus. So our brothers in this room and those online, whoever is struggling with a call that having experienced your faithfulness, will you, Lord Jesus, at this time, speak to them. Lord, those who are in their call, we know what you've called us for. May we be declaring you where there are struggles and challenges. May we declare you in our call now. So Father, as we take this moment to reflect on your blessing, on our Bethel, on our Shechem, wherever we are, may we go from this place today knowing that we heard from you because you have spoken to us. In Jesus' name.